crisis and economic depression, small business owners often struggle with making sales and keeping the loyalty of their people because if you ain't selling, it's hard to pay the bills. On the Ethical Sales Podcast, you will learn new ways to selling ethically and communicating with your people to create more loyalty and getting out of the rut of stress and frustration. When there is plenty of sales, there should be plenty of profits to keep things flowing smoothly and everybody be happy, happy, happy. Welcome to another episode of the Ethical Sales Podcast with the Raber Twins. I am, I'm Elias Raber. Let's not try to talk at the same time here. I'm Matt. And I'm Owen Schrock. And today's guest is super coach Michael Burt. I remember a time a number of years ago, probably five, maybe six years ago, there was this uh, big time sales training guru from Florida that had a conference. And in one of his testimonial videos, there was this gentleman giving a testimonial and talking about sales. And he was wearing this strange coat that had stripes on it. It reminded me of a zebra jacket. I was like, who is this guy? It sounds interesting. Great story. And so I did some research and found Coach Michael Burt. So welcome to the episode. Yeah, that was one of the best marketing things, to be honest with you, I ever I ever did. As uh, when I wrote the book Zebras and Cheetahs, that was my first nationally published book, and we were trying to get attention for the book. and And I didn't realize at the time how hard it would be to get attention for a book when you're considered a first time author, a first time published author. So we we ordered this really ugly zebra print jacket, and I wore it everywhere. And it got all kinds of attention. But to this day, when I go places, people ask me about that zebra print jacket. Now, here's one thing, just a little side note, is I did a book signing at the airport, the Nashville International Airport back then. And I tried to rent a real cheetah from the zoo. Okay. Now, cheetahs are wild animals. Yep. Okay. So just call over to the zoo one day and tell them you want to rent a cheetah. I and bet see that what went they over say. good. That would, that, what'd, they, they, what'd they tell you? They said it was a wild animal. We couldn't do it. And I yeah. said, well, it, it'd be it'd be awesome, man. That thing running through the airport, that would wake some folks up. <laughs> I bet it would wake some folks up. Might might make some folks go to jail too. Whatever we got to do to sell a book, man. Yeah, and get attention. Get right? attention, yep. So that's what it's all about. Let's jump into your backstory. Just one minute. I grew up uh, raised by a single mother who taught me toughness. And that's real important to today's climate because I'm coaching all these people around the world and different industries and the one common theme or through through line that they do or do not have is the emotional toughness to find a way to win. So I go back to how my mom raised me. She made me go to school every day for for X number of years. You know, I wouldn't let me miss a day of school for 12 years. And I couldn't understand why I'm like, why, why do I have to go to school when other kids get to miss? Why do I have to do this? She made me dress up every day when I went out in public. She made me, you know, she made me do all these things that I couldn't understand when I was growing up. But now I understand at 44 years old, she was building a toughness in me and that would serve me very well. So I went on to be the youngest head coach in the state of Tennessee. I started coaching as early as 18 years old. I built a national powerhouse in a decade that would go on to win seven of nine championships. But guys, I was always fascinated and motivated by inner engineering people, mm-hmm. building competitive intelligence, teaching people how to have an advantage. Te- like, like that was the part about coaching that fascinated me. So I studied it way more than other coaches did. I mm-hmm. studied how to touch the body, mind, heart, and spirit. And that's really what I became known for is activating the prey drive in people. And I got that reputation from 20 to 30 because that's really where I, where I spent most of my time and energy. 
So then I retired. Then at 31 years old, I was speaking all over the world. I had written four or five books. I was getting demand from from all over the world at that time. And so I so I retired from athletic coaching at the peak of my athletic career. Nobody could figure out why I retired. And I walked away. I literally walked away to start a coaching company that has since become a multi-million dollar coaching company, coaching businesses. Today, I'm with a billion dollar mortgage company in Nashville, Tennessee that I coach. You know, we coach every arena you can imagine, door-to-door people. I've coached in prison systems. I've coached a blue collar, white collar executives, uber wealthy. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you name it, I've coached people everywhere in between. I mean, I am a pure coach, mm-hmm. which I think to Owen's point really separates me from most of the people in my industry that do what I do. Well, we love your stuff. We've dived into a lot of your stuff. We've had you at a handful of our events. We've never had anything but good feedback from our people. Our people love having you there. And I'm sure we'll do some things in the future together as well. And your people are hungry. That's what I like. I resonate resonate with hungry, motivated people. Sometimes it, it, you know, I bring a lot of energy so I can tell it it takes them. Sometimes they're looking at me like, whoa, where did this dude come from? But then by the end of the presentation, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I see what this bringing. So it's always a good experience. A lot of have our, energy, man. A lot of our people are young and oftentimes with youth comes energy. So yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Rookie smarts. I love it. I got a book here. I don't know if you recognize the author of this book yep. inside the mind of a monster. It says Michael mm-hmm. Burke down here at the bottom. Yep. Um, good book that you wrote. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the mindset of a monster. Why would somebody want to be a monster and, and maybe why, you know, what is a monster? Well, we define a monster many years ago. This is actually how the monster producer program got started is I had an employee, really nice guy named Brock Patterson. Most people can either stick with me if they, if they make it past the first year with me, then they, they have good staying power, but a lot of people can't make it past the first year is they go and then they come to me and go, man, mm-hmm. I just, I just can't go at this pace. I just can't do it. I want to do it. I love you coach, but I just don't have an engine. Um, well, this dude worked with me for right at a year and six months into it. I said to him one day, what do you think we do? And he said, man, do you want me to be honest? And I said, yeah. And I, he said, man, I think you're a freaking monster. Like I have never worked with somebody with the engine intensity, the drive that you have. And I think, you produced other monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said to me, I found a definition in the dictionary of a monster producer that says this, a monster producer, a monster is a legendary creature. That, that's what a monster is. It's a legendary creature. So as soon as I heard that, I'm like, boom, I like that. And one of my gifts that I've been blessed with is the gift of packaging a concept. You know, one of the things for some reason I have a knack for is I can hear a concept and take that concept and package it and monetize it. So I said, man, that's going to be our coaching program. We're going to call it Monster Producer. We're going to produce legendary creatures, right? And that's really turned into a multi-million dollar coaching company uh, over the last X number of years. And that is my core product. Like when people come to be coached by me, Mm -hmm. I say you need to be a Monster Producer. That's Mm -hmm. my core coaching curriculum. And then you can spin off into other programs and boot camps and retreats. But at first, you need to learn the Monster Growth System. That's why you need to go inside the mind of a monster. I'm on tour right now with Tim Story, Sharon Lecter. We're about to go to Dallas tomorrow and, and, and do another event together. And, you know, I was teaching my team this morning. What's the mindset of Tim Story? What's the mindset of Sharon Lecter? I mean, Sharon Lecter took the Rich Dad series, made it a global brand, sold 42 million copies of her book, was, the, was a lot of the, the, the engine behind Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
I mean, what's her mindset? Mm-hmm. What's my mindset? Why, and why should you know? Why should you? Why should you understand these mindset of top people? Well, that's really what we want to know, right? Like, how, why is the top person a top person? Right. What do they do different than other people? How do, how do they work? How do they yep. think? How do they handle adversity? How do they produce revenue? How do they service people? Like, what mm-hmm. you ought to be interested in is how does that dude think like he thinks to get the results that's he right. gets. So that's really why I wrote that book is because so many people ask me, "How do you? How did you?" turn out like this? Yep. Like, how, how do you think like this? How do you work like this? And I said, man, let me just write it in. a. This is, this is my mindset. So I yeah. hand that to every new salesperson that sells for me. Yeah. This is how I think. This is how I operate. This is the frequency I go at. And I'd say, especially yeah. considering, you know, the current environment, a lot of times I think mm-hmm. leaders might not even like, they don't feel what a lot of people are feeling during right. this time because they're already in a different mindset, right. maybe. But what are some of the key foundational things for mindset? What are things people can do every day to work on their mindset? I have three core mindsets. Okay. One mindset is the same mindset of King David in the Bible. And that is, it's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. That's one of my key mindsets. I have proper expectation that this ain't going to be easy. Okay. And there's going to be tribulation and and adversity and departures away from the way you think it's going to go, but we're going to find a way to win. Mm -hmm. And that's all we need to know during this period, during any period, during pandemic, during recession, it's going to be a fight, man, but we're going to find a way to win. And I bring that mindset every day. Number two mindset I have is it all goes to zero at midnight is success. Don't care what you did yesterday or the day before It, it, it all go. If you tell yourself it all goes to zero at midnight. I go to bed tired and I wake up hungry. In essence, I go to bed broke. And I tell myself that what takes years to build up can take seconds to tear down. If I don't go into battle every day, see, King David was a great king until he didn't go into battle. And when he didn't go into battle, that's when he got himself in trouble, right? Because he saw Bathsheba, he got distracted. And when he got distracted, his whole life kind of fell apart because he didn't go into battle, man. I get myself in trouble when I'm distracted. Most people can get themselves in in trouble when they get distracted. So my mindset is it's going to be a fight, but I'm going to find a way to win. Number two, it all goes to zero at midnight. And one of my favorite ones is there comes a time when winter asks what you did all spring and summer, meaning I'm working in some industries right now where it's overinflated, meaning it's easy to sell. I'm I'm, I'm here with the mortgage company today. It's easy to sell a mortgage today. They're selling mortgages at 2.99%. It's easy for mm-hmm. a bad mortgage originator to think they're good because it's so easy. Right. Well, it won't be, it won't be easy at some point in the future. So, so because I was a basketball coach, I, I, I used to believe that uh, championships are never won during the season. Championships are always won during the off season because in the off season is when you're in the weight room, it's when you're conditioning, it's when you're getting mentally tough. So my mindset about my business is I chop wood and carry water every day. I don't care if we hit our sales goal, exceed our sales goal. I don't care if we have surplus. Every day I just work the system. Every day I show up. Every day I go to bed tired and wake up hungry. Every night it goes to zero at midnight. And that's really the mindset of a monster. And we're not interested in just the money piece. Like people think like with me, uh, it's really not about that. It's about the pursuit of my potential, the pursuit of significance. And Maxwell said, once you taste significance, success will never satisfy you. And that's where I'm at in my life. I'm 44 years old. I've, I've had the awards. I've won the trophies. I don't need that, man. What I need is to help as many people as I can. That's what does it for me. Okay. Now with that comes notoriety and being known and being a person of interest and all that's good and money, right? 
and, and a private jet. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But but my point is that ain't what it's all about to me. That's not what motivates me. And, and I think big time people are motivated by significance. Specifically a question that, you know, if I'm going to call you up and I'm going to say, hey, I'm I'm losing to somebody that's um, cheaper than me, because this is probably the most common objection that salespeople have is, man, if I could just lower my price, I could sell boatloads of this stuff or semi loads of this stuff. What's your response to that? I think you need preloaded answers because you get the same objections over and over and over mm-hmm. time, right. money, right? It's not the right time or I don't have and selling something and there's something cheaper. I, I just address it. I, I just say to them, I, I understand you can get it cheaper. And I, and I say this in my life, uh, anytime I've gone cheap, I've regretted it. Mm-hmm. Anytime I always get what I paid for. Uh, you can dine on 99 cent hamburgers or you can dine on filet mignon steak, but you always get what you pay for. And any times I've tried to go cheap, okay, I've always regretted it. Now, you can go cheap right here. I'd be happy to introduce you to a supplier. I'd be happy to introduce you to the cheapest person that you can find. Now, mm-hmm. if you if you want to go with them, go with them. But don't call me right back and say, well, I wish they'd have done this and I wish they'd have done that. Because here's the deal. How can you expect me to give you world-class service while simultaneously asking me to lower my price? Okay. You can't, you can't ask, you don't, you don't go to the Ritz Carlton and ask for a discount. You don't. Yep. Right. Like, 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 you know, I've, I'm, I'm in an office building right now. It's got the best views of Nashville. You can see the river, you can see Titan stadium and you can see downtown. Well, it ain't going to be cheap. You want it to be, you want it to be cheap or you want it to be good. That's why I always like my buddy, Brad Lee. We always joke around and, and play a game called pick two. You get three choices, but you can only pick two, right? You have it fast. You can have it uh, good. Or you have it cheap. They say, well, I want it fast and good. And mm-hmm. I say, well, it ain't going to be cheap then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I want it cheap and fast. Well, it ain't going to be any good. <laughs> so, so, a lot of truth. A lot of truth and they say, whatever. Say, well, you're the one picking it. I'm not picking it. You're choosing what you want. If you want, to, if you want it fast and cheap, then it ain't going to be any good. If you want it good and fast, then it ain't going to be cheap. So, so I think you got to make up your mind what you want. Now, here's what the deal. I sell coaching programs, and I sell those programs from $99 a month all the way up to 100,000, 200,000 a month, uh, a year, right? And, and here's the deal. I have different products. If you can't get in the 299 coaching program, you can get in the $99 program. If you can't get in the $99 program, you can get a, you can buy some for $197. If you can't buy that, you can buy a book for $9.99. If you can't do that, you can get it on YouTube. But let me tell you what you don't get on YouTube because people say this all the time. Well, I, I watch you on YouTube every day. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's, a, that's the difference between listening to us on the radio and, and going to the concert. Like it ain't even close being coached by me and watching it on YouTube. Okay. Because you're only getting a small fraction of what people that pay to get coached by me actually get. And the ones that come to my lodge, get in a room with me, come to one of my boot camps, spend two and a half days with me. They all say the same thing. This was 10 times better than anything I ever thought it was going to be. It's the same response over and over and over. Like, man, I watch you on YouTube, but it ain't nothing compared to being in that room with you and feeling that energy. No different than me being there at your speaking engagements. You know, you could pipe me in on the big screen, but it ain't ain't nothing compared to me looking people in the eye and being right in their face, walking around that room, coaching them and and them leaving there with a certain feeling. That's what I tell people when it comes to being cheap. You want to be good or you want to be cheap because good people ain't cheap. Right. Right. Right or wrong. I mean, good people. Yeah. Good people ain't cheap. That's just all there is to it. I mean, I don't know any other way around it. I'm not cheap. You guys are not cheap. We're not selling a cheap product. 
maybe we misunderstood. If you're looking for somebody cheap, I can introduce you to Larry, the life coach. Mm-hmm. And he's real cheap, <laughs> but he's also real bad. <laughs> if you look up the definition of cheaper, I believe it means of lesser value, you know, yeah. and perfect. You can't get around it. Well, think about this. I'm glad you said this. Okay. Because when you're closing a person, if you look up the word close, it means to bring two things, to bring something to an end. It means to bring two things together. And here's what I say. What I'm trying to do right here, Elias, is I'm trying to bring these two things together. I'm trying to bring your problem with my 28 years of experience solving your problem. Okay. And now what's it worth? There's a difference between what something costs and what something is worth. Okay. And this is really what somebody should be selling. You know, let's just say a, a mortgage company, it, it, it costs 150000 for me to be their coach. Let's just say for a year. But let's say they make $10 million more million as a result of me being their coach. Was it worth the 150000 they invested to make $10 million? Of course it was. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people that pay my higher level coaching programs, they say, man, when they say, well, you're paying 25000 to coach or even 100000 to coach Burton, they say, yeah, man, that dude helped me make, you know, we had one person pay 100000 and he said he made a million back in the first six months. Well, that's a good investment, guys. Hundred, put 100000 in and make a million back in six months is a good investment. So, you know, it's all in how you see. Cheap people sometimes have cheap thoughts. They're going to be cheap their whole life. And unfortunately, they're going to deal with cheap products and they're going to complain about those products. That's right. One <laughs> yeah. thing as a as a buyer, anytime you're comparing the same product at a lot lesser price, and which is kind of what we're referring to sometimes, and we have more and more people inside of our teams offering the exact same solution to the building owner. Um, the building owner's already set. I want this system. He knows somebody who has that roofing system on his building. He's like, I'm going to have this system. And he gets three different prices. And obviously, he's going to get three you know, somebody's going to be cheaper. Somebody's going to be more expensive from the building owner's perspective. And I know not everybody sees it this way. He should be smart enough. Not all building owners are, but he should be smart enough to know that the cheaper guy is probably the desperate guy, which oftentimes means he has less experience. He's a new guy. He's, he's not seasoned. He doesn't, he doesn't have the experience that I'm paying him for as the older guy does, or the guy that might've been in business for 10 years. And I think um, as, as buyers, we tend to forget that sometimes the guy giving it away. Why is he giving it away? There's a reason he's giving it away. You're thinking logically. Okay. And the, the buyer, unfortunately, many times is not like you look at it like, Hey, we offer the best. We are the best. We, why in the world would you want something else? Right? Like, that's how we think. That's how I think about my coaching. Like you, you, you don't know how to sell. I do know how to sell. Like, like I coach a lot of coaches now people that want to monetize a message. I've written 16 books. So now I'm doing publishing retreats where I teach people my methodology for writing a book in 90 days. Uh, I'm doing coaching summits where I coach people that want to coach or monetize. There's 700,000 people in the United States that call themselves a coach. Okay. That we know of. Okay. The average mean income or average income of those 700,000 is 47,000 a year. Now, first off, do you want to take advice from somebody making 47000 a year, number one? They can't sell their own product or service, but but I am in the top 0.001% of money earners when it comes to coaches in, in the world, okay? And there's people doing it much higher than me, as you know, and I'm totally humble to that, but I have a strategist that runs all these numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a Vanderbilt grad. And he's real smart. And he came to me and he said, man, I want to give you a stat I want you to start using. 
And he gave me this stat, 700,000 coaches, average income of those coaches is 47,000. Coach, you're in the top 0.001% of money earners in the world, which means I know how to monetize a coaching program. I know how to monetize an, a concept. Well, I, co- I talk to coaches every day who have no idea how to sell their product or service. And, and they're asking other people to spend money on their services, but they won't spend money on themselves to learn how to monetize it. And here's an example. I got one guy the other day. He's got a pro. He sold one program. One. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, man, you, you realize I could help you sell a hundred of those. Right. And mm-hmm. if you sold a hundred, he's selling them at 6,000 a piece. You'd make $600,000. Now, my coaching summit is only $5,000. Would you give me 5000 to help you make 600000 And he's sitting there thinking about it. So that's what we're talking about, right? He's like, oh, oh man, I'm scared. I'm scared to do it. I'm scared. I'm like, Maybe hold on you a should second. go back to mindset, right? <laughs> I'm like, let me, hold on a second. I'm confused. You're asking people to pay 6000 for your coaching, but you've only sold one, one person. Okay. I've sold thousands of people. Okay, so if you'd spend two and a half days with me, I'd show you how to sell thousands of people. You do get that, right? And I'm telling you, the dude still won't take action because he's scared to death. So to your yeah. point, we're looking at this like it's it's rational. They're looking at it like it's emotional. They're looking yeah. like I got to hold on this money. And if I can get a cheaper roof system on it, or even if it's a few dollars cheaper, I don't care, man. It's just a roof. That's how they're thinking. They're not thinking I need to be protecting my asset. They're not thinking yep. these things. Yep. 100%. So, so that's that's the problem. Yep. hundred percent. And that, that conversation goes back to, you know, the guy trying to sell the roof. He's not, you know, he's just trying to sell a roof, you know, exactly right. um, I'm, I work with a company out of uh, Nashville called music city roofers, great guys at music city roofers, Jeff Richfield and his son, James. And James said, you know, at their sales meeting, I heard him say, he said, we're not selling a roof guys. He said, he said, we're selling peace of mind. That's what we're right. selling. He said, we're not selling a roof. We're selling peace of mind. And I like that. Anybody can sell a roof. Anybody can buy a roof. Yep. Anybody can buy a roof system. What you're really selling is a is a belief, a conviction, mm-hmm. an experience, your past. Awesome. Your your success. That's what you're selling. 100%. I'm going to rapid fire a couple of questions to you to wrap this up. First question, if you would just recommend one book to our listeners, what would that be? A book that changed my life was The 7 Habits of Highly Effective People by Covey. And I know it's old I know it's old school. I know it's deep. I know it's hard to read. But I'm telling you, if you ever master those seven habits, you're going to do those seven habits have helped me produce tens of millions of dollars. And I borrowed twenty five hundred bucks from my mother when I was twenty five years old to go to to get certified in those seven habits. The best decision I ever made. So that would be the book I would tell everybody. It's 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 a must. It's a must have. How do you stay motivated? You know, I'm an interesting creature. I'm never satisfied. I constantly am dissatisfied. I think the root of a lot of evil in the world is complacency and it is comfort. I think the biggest fight we're facing in America is complacency. And if you study Prey Drive, the new book I'm writing called Flip the Switch is coming out next year. What demotivates a person is a satisfied need. Satisfied needs never motivate people, only unsatisfied needs. So what happens when you start making a little bit of money, you got a decent car, you got a nice house, you got good kids, whatever the case, you become satisfied. And once you become satisfied, you become complacent. And that's really the world we're living in in the United States is we don't have a desire for something. And that doesn't have to be more. It just be more of, of, of stretching, of pushing toward something greater than where you currently are. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that motivates me is it's a dogfight, man. It's, every day it's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. What do you do for fun? 
it's interesting. I don't have a lot of hobbies like a lot of people do. Golf. I don't. I'm, I'm too uh, impatient to be a good golfer. I like traveling with no schedule. My biggest hobby is what I call creative loafing. <laughs> and creative loafing is me in a cool city doing whatever I want with no schedule, nobody to coach, just being creative, you know. And and and, and I, w- I went to Chattanooga, Tennessee this weekend. I really like that because of the mountains and the just a cool little city. And I was with my wife and two kids. And to me, that was fun, man. It was it was just fun because my schedule is so packed with the number of people I coach in a week, which are which has gotten up into the thousands, that it's that there's really not a lot of time for me to decompress and just be me and just be not not even be coach Burke, not even be the super coach, but just be Michael and just be a husband and just be a father. And, you know, so that's really my biggest hobby is just creative loafing with my wife and, and kids with no schedule. I love it. That's the most important. That's awesome. I love it. Well, we appreciate having you on the podcast. Love you. Love your stuff. I know we'll be doing things together in the future. Yeah. Love you guys too. Love you so much. I named my kid after you, man. That's a lot of love. (laughs) I appreciate it. I really Okay. So I've always enjoyed you guys. I've always had a lot of respect for you. Uh, I've always enjoyed speaking at your conferences. I think you you guys have set a standard, uh, a really, really high standard for your industry that you're in. And you've been a role model to thousands of people. So congratulations. I'm proud of you. And I'm honored to just be a small part of it. So I'll be ready to come back anytime you want to have me, guys. Oh, that'd be awesome. Tell our listeners, where can they find you? If they want to look you up, where can they find you? You know, I think a lot of people find me on YouTube. You know, I've got a thousand videos on YouTube. It's a good place to get to know me. Follow me on Instagram at Michael Burt. I do spell it M-I-C-H-E-A-L, Burt. And uh, go to CoachBird.com. This episode was brought to you by JB Foaming and Back Services. If you're a roofing contractor looking for rock removal, gravel removal from a roof, simply reach out to JB Foaming and Back Services at 330-680-1232. Again, reach out to JB Foaming and Back Services at 330-680-1232. Or find them on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. This episode was hosted by the Max Potential Podcast Network. Find more great shows at maxpotential.com.